earth is that? It's a journey into comics network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey Into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, True Believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 339. What's that off in the distance? It's not the bat signal. It's JIC 350. We're coming soon. We're only 11 weeks away. Today, we are united yet again in this podcasting realm, as I am not alone. The pod father Nate here, bringing with me the shape-shifting stepdad of the Journey into Comics Network. We're going to go again and again and again, my friends. <laughs> Welcome back, T.Y. How's it going, bro? I didn't I didn't think it'd break me a second time, but it did. <laughs> there are people who are like, second time? That was the first time. Well, for you, not for us. And officially, not uh, the mute knight, the dark knight, mm-hmm. who can talk right. Welcome back yet again, the... Bat Dad of the Journey into Comics Network, the Podmaster himself, Brando. Welcome back, my dude. Do not adjust your television sets. There, uh, there is audio coming out of my mouth this time around. And, and we are not in four three. And this podcast is not presented to you in a four three aspect ratio because we literally have no creative vision here at Journey into Comics. No, um, no. Um, it's good to be here with you to get into. You know, today here to guys, we're going to be talking about some Justice League, not super spoiler stuff. Tyler hasn't made the trek down um, Homer's Odyssey. That is one hell of a trek. That is the four hour Snyder cut of Justice League. But we are also going to be talking about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I will do my best to do a timestamp down below. Uh, so I think we're going to talk about Justice League first and then uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. That was kind of the order that it came out. But guys, uh, two weeks in a row. We, we 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 have made it, the Triforce of Journey mm-hmm. to Comics. Really, three weeks if you consider the uh, get together up yeah. here, right? Because yeah. three thirty seven was also here, so we we're worth we're three P baby. Trying to remember what we're, all the we're as, we're as good as the nineties Bulls, man. But all the pendants from Zelda was it power, courage, and and what wisdom, wisdom. All right, power, courage, and wisdom. That yeah, we are the we are the Triforce. I'm guessing that Tyler is courage and Brandon is wisdom because I'm neither of those things. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> By default, I don't even remember what the fuck I am. What's the other one? Power. 
Power. Oh, okay. Power school. Ah, powerful. But um, let's just get right into it, guys, because I don't want to like be spoilerific. Obviously, Tyler's not seen this iteration of the Justice League. Uh, but I do want to briefly touch, just so people can kind of get my rapid reaction, Brando's rapid reaction, since we have sat through this four-hour journey. Brando, go first. Uh, just non-spoileries, uh, some thoughts. I thought it, this is the definitive vision of this movie. Uh, when I walked out of the theatrical cut, I didn't hate it. You know, I went in with expectations set at a certain level because, you know, I... I, I you you and me Nate on this on this very podcast way back in the day we 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 defended BVS and said that it's not as bad as a movie as people are saying it is it's just not what really as good as it possibly could have been and maybe um you know maybe some more extra care with the script could have been taken the more that I watch that movie the more that I actually like it cuz I keep forgetting that I like it you know, also uh, the definitive edition of that movie, or the ultimate edition, I, I want to say, is definitely leaps and bounds better than the theatrical cut. Um, yeah. So <sighs> there's a lot of things different here, but there's also a lot of the same. You're definitely seeing, for sure now, what are the scenes that were added to. You know, because this is all the scenes that. <laughs> Every single scene that Zack Snyder shot for this movie, he put into it. <laughs> what was hilarious is that there's actually a scene near the end of the movie that's, that was cut due to time. That that broke me when I heard that. Like, it's a four-hour and two-minute movie. You're like, man, we're just going to have to cut this line here. It's just, just... Two extra minutes, man. It's too much. <laughs> Can't do it. But what I will say... It fits right into the same feel, theme, and character as the last two movies. Whereas it definitely felt like they were trying to marvelize the movie with the with with the theatrical cut, make it a lot more lighthearted. This movie is a little more of a lighthearted movie than the uh, than than BVS. BVS is a dark movie, and that's because it is that movie is like fear. There's a lot of fear here as well, but it's broken up a little bit with more humor. But it's not the 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 the, the same kind of humor. It's not slapstick humor to try to pivot in a moment. Right. It is subtly placed that is natural that actually matches a lot of these different characters. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing is that I honestly feel that the first hour of the movie is a bit hard to get into because it's laying the groundwork. That this movie is really doing the job, this four-hour movie is doing the job of what a few other extra movies could have done uh, by introducing and laying the, the, the history and groundwork of who, is, who was supposed to be the ultimate villain of this little series of movies. Because what Snyder has said is that this movie, Justice League, was supposed to be the, like, the start of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And that this is going to be a five-part story: Man of Steel, BVS, then the then the Justice League trilogy. And then obviously you're you were going to have movies that broke off and did uh, like like your Wonder Woman's and your Aquaman's and Flashes, but they were all going to like do their own thing, come back as they tell these other stories. And bless. What all I right. also like here is that there was some continuation with things that we had seen before that 
at the time seemed like a one-off weird thing. Um, without going into spoilers, uh, Nate Nate kind of knows what I'm talking about. It's the what happens at the end of the movie. You know, we now know that that means something. It wasn't just say what was this. That means something, and uh, the fact that we are not possibly going to get any more of this is a bit of a shame because I feel, I feel like, you know, some people are complaining that the movie, um, isn't their cup of tea or it's not what they want from them from, from their characters, not the way that they would do it. And that's completely understandable. I, I, I completely get that because, you know, I mean, there's some stuff that I wouldn't have done either. But however, I'm on the I'm on the ride of watching different versions of these characters. That is something that I think we as fans, uh, especially of comic books, when you have comic books, you have you know runs of different writers, different artists, and different stories that are told, and you have better ones and and great ones, and then oh that that section wasn't as great. Uh, but then we're able to adapt and accept different takes on the character. And I feel that like uh I'm okay with some of this because I know some people, you know, even in the theatrical cut, they didn't like Ezra Miller as the Flash. They were they wanted Grant Gustin. They the, he was their Flash because he was the first one that really uh, in the modern era introduced a lot of people to the Flash. And that's cool. That's awesome that that people loved him and liked him. Uh but they that's not what they were going for here. The, they were going for a different universe. And that is something that is not exclusive to DC, but something that they've really made their made uh, their calling card, if you will. Different universes, different characters, different takes. You know, you have the same Flash. You could have seven different uh, characterizations of the Flash. It's just, they, they could all be the same person and have different personalities and quirks, uh, your quirks and, you know, even different different people they, they it could be a different person as the flash absolutely and so that's well, and that the, is something um, just one quick that no, is one fine. that is one thing that i i really liked about this being on the ride seeing the seeing where they're going with these characters some of them were exactly what i expected some of them maybe not so but i'm okay with it because now that i've seen the big br- this movie it made the picture way more broad into where we were going. And that made me more excited for something that we may never get. I think, um, you know, you brought up a good point because even though I haven't seen the Snyder Cut, uh, you know, you spend five minutes on the internet and you see some interesting things that were taken from the film. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one big one that I saw this morning, I was just kind of browsing around and it's a side-by-side comparison of... Snyder's Steppenwolf versus Joss Whedon's Steppenwolf. Yeah. And, you know, in the 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 original, the theatrical cut of the film, that was a complaint of a lot of people um, is that Steppenwolf just didn't feel menacing enough. You know, he was kind of a, he felt more like a B-movie, like almost like a B-movie henchman than, you know, an actual like Loki in the original Avengers film felt like a villain. Obviously we knew what it was setting up, but he felt like the villain. You know, he's actually a threat. Steppenwolf was pretty, 
<coughs> was pretty lackluster in the theatrical cut of the film. And, and you know, I've heard great things um, for for this iteration of the film. But what I was going to say was, is, you know, Marvel and DC, obviously, they both have, you know, they've, they've both made versions of their, you know, their multiverse. Um, there's obviously different people that have played different characters throughout runs like Brandon said but you know DC I feel like that's kind of that that's their thing mm-hmm. you know look at look at how many look at how many people have been Batman look at how many different versions of Superman there are look at look at how many different Green Lanterns there are you know it's 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 they do <coughs> excuse me they do they've always done a fantastic job of saying okay we recognize that you like this character Here's a different version, and here's why we think you that they would be interesting to you and why we're going to justify why we need another version of the character. And they always, you know, I don't want to say always, but most of the time they nail it. <coughs> so I'm really excited, um, you know, to, to experience something similar to that because, you know, again, one of the biggest complaints for me, you know, and, and, and I read it a lot online too of the theatrical cut was they look at what they did to 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 Batfleck going from BVS to Justice League. They feel like totally different people, and 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 for some reason, or, or for some, um, you know, in some capacity, it should be, it should feel that way. Uh, because of the character development from BVS into Justice League and and how Bruce has changed, but I mean in in that theatrical cut he was nothing but slapstick comedic relief almost, you know, and it it just didn't feel natural. It didn't feel it didn't feel right. So hopefully that's one of my biggest that was one of my biggest wish list items. Hopefully in the the Snyder cut they correct that a little bit. What I will say. Uh... <coughs> He doesn't have a lot of slapstick to him uh, that I felt like in this. That that is still your Ezra Miller role mm-hmm. here, which is fine. That that's what he's that's why he was hired to do. It's like they they looked at, you know, they didn't want to copy what they were doing on television, right? You know, they wanted this to be a different character. And what I, you know, for, in in some cases, that's what some you know some kids our age grew up on in the, in the early two thousands with that version of the, of the of the Flash mm-hmm. was kind of the comic relief right what i what i liked about their version of batman here and it's not something you see in batman hardly ever optimism mm-hmm. optimism and at a point he is in his career in this movie to have that is actually like if you really think about it brilliant character evolution it, and, and where does that come from that comes from his own self-reflection and the hope that Clark gave to him to see, you know, past his own prejudice, past his own fear and how he let him down. You know, he should have been on his side, but he was too stoked and driven, which is also a great social commentary, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not just on like, uh, that movie's verse, but also reflective onto us as people in the normal world. How would we? How do you think people would react to Superman today if he became our hero? It would be mm. divided. 
Definitely. And that is something that I feel that there is some really cool lines that I don't remember from the theatrical. I, I haven't watched it side by side. I would like to maybe one day because, you know, there's there's some stuff I like about the theatrical cut that wasn't in here. Not not a lot because I'm uh, I walked away way more satisfied with the Snyder cut of, of this story, uh, but there was something that um, it's also the way that I I love Jeremy Irons' representation of Alfred. He's very cynical, mm-hmm. you know, and he he was like that in BBS as well, and and that continues over. But uh, he you know, for, even in the theatrical cut, what is what what does Aquaman tell Bruce? Tells him no, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. No, get out of here. So, Alfred says something along the lines of, "Maybe a guy who broods in a cave isn't meant to be a recruiter," <laughs> you know? And is like, but it, but but no, like the Bruce, the the Affleck, like he's like, I made a promise on his grave that I would do this to help protect the place because he is no longer around to do it. It, it. it was just like, it's almost, now that I think about it, it's almost the same kind of drive that he had in BVS just focused in a different way because mm-hmm. to him, he was in Metropolis that day. He saw the destruction that a Kryptonian, <coughs> two Kryptonians clashing in a city mm-hmm. can create in death and destruction. And he's thinking, he's this, he's this old grizzled normal guy rich with with a bunch of tools who can stop this guy who can conceivably stop this guy me i so then he becomes in his own tunnel vision mindset driven of i have to do this because i'm the guy who can no one else can do it but me and then in this movie, take that same drive where he needs to assemble and recruit a team of guys that can hopefully match up to one guy, oh. you know, equal the, you know, equal the one. And the reason why he's doing it is because nobody else can. He has, okay. the, he has the resources. He has the know-how. And I, 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 that's why I like how there is there is character development with him, but it's the same defining characteristics of what made Bruce Bruce. No, I absolutely uh, loved. Again, I'll I'll do my best to navigate. The it's whole hard, man. It, it, it's hard to go in deep. Well, I mean, I think that I can do it because I want to talk uh, from a different aspect about the tone. Mm-hmm. This movie had a totally different message than the Joss cut. This movie shines a real big spotlight on the Ray Fisher allegations. When you see the finished product and you see the product that he was a part of in the Justice League. Makes you kind of go, well, I don't think he is maybe quite as wrong as you think, considering that character has a total... It is crazy to me, again, not spoiling... That Cyborg, just to speak on him, has a totally different story and a more fleshed out experience in a way that gives the whole meaning of the movie a different meaning. The fact that that was the crux of fucking Zack Snyder's entire story and Joss was just like, 
he's black. No. And went to, you know, make it this other iteration. Frustrating. I think that there were some things I didn't like about the, the new movie. Again, not to comment on anything that is story driven. These are the outside uh, things that I noticed. Some of the musical choices, some of the songs felt less like songs meant for Justice League movie and more like songs he picked as a way to honor his daughter, which I get. I get that. Like, I can understand, like, putting little, like, notes to his daughter in this because of the whole situation. But I just personally don't think those certain songs, there was, like, two of them that fit the whole narrative of the movie. It just shifted, in my opinion. It just took your focus out of this being a good movie and into, oh, this is a sad moment. I'm supposed to feel a certain kind of way. Um, I think that they did leave us with some surprises, some twists. We got to see some stuff that was unexpected. One thing that I really loved and was also confused by, and I think other people, when you're watching the movie, are also going to have the kind of same experience I had, is there are certain scenes we know are coming because we've seen them in the trailer, we've seen them talked about online and other places. When do they drop? When are these moments coming in the movie where we're actually going to catch up and get the bigger picture based on what we think is happening? And there was one specific sequence that is very much talked about that I didn't think was even going to make it in the movie. I was like, wow, they actually cut that scene completely. That's strange. And then it's in like the last five and a half minutes, sort of. So this movie does a good job of keeping us guessing. It does a good job of world building. Actually, let me rephrase that. It does a great job of world building. So much so that I'm not only just excited, I demand, and I feel like we're going to get more people who are like this, we get another Justice League movie. And I don't think, here's my opinion, Actually, let me correct this. This is Veronica's opinion. She came up with a very good thought the other last night or whenever we watched it, two nights ago, last night. I don't remember. It was two nights ago. Uh, she said the four hour story and it being a long movie is the future of movies. The experience of going to a theater, popcorns, that's died. Not fully. It's just changed because of COVID and stuff. But the experience of being able to sit at home and have an event, a movie event that's four hours long and really immerse yourself in that story is going to be changing in the future. More movies, theaters and more or more production companies, I should say, are going to think, hey, Justice League was four hours long. A lot of people don't think it feels like a four hour long movie. The longest parts that first hour because it's fuck ton of exposition, making sure everyone is caught back up to the stuff that they're getting ready to really go hard at. But then when you hit that last three hours, it's like, bam, 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 and then the movie's over. Especially the last two hours. Totally. Totally. And then when you think about Endgame, just to compare and contrast the epic scale of a three-hour movie, the epic scale of a four-hour movie, again, slow build, slow grind into this epicness. I think we will see more Justice League from Zack Snyder I think that if we weren't going to be seeing that, Ben Affleck wouldn't be in the Flash. So, um, the reason when you watch the movie on HBO Max, it is presented in a four or three presentation. It's full screen, and they give you a they give you like a little card at the beginning. This movie is presented to protect Zach's creative vision. Why is it presented in that frame? And that's because he framed it for IMAX. When you do a widescreen presentation, you're actually limiting. It's not. It's it's not like 
when I'm not talking just like just like the stretching of the image. You have the image and it's cropped down to a wide screen, and that's what is then blown up on your TV. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing more on the screen now than if it were actually in widescreen. It's very ironic to say that. But that's because those IMAX screens are big and tall, you know, and, and, and they're huge. And so you don't feel like I'm not watching a widescreen movie. You're, you're, you're encompassed by this large screen. He wants to release this into IMAX theaters when it's safe and appropriate to do so. That, that was his vision. And he, and he said, when we do it, it's, gonna, there's going to be a 10 minute inter- like intermission at the halfway point. And, uh, you know, that's what he wants to do. And I absolutely support it. And I would go because I, I would want, I want to see this movie with that sound system, with that everything, you know, uh, I also do like how the movie's broken up into chapters. That is weird. I never thought I would like that. That's, that's a very Tarantino type thing to do. Uh, but I think it does work, especially like you said, Nate, in a home viewing. When you're sitting there and you're trying to find time in your normal everyday week to watch this movie, and you see on HBO Max the start and stop of every chapter, and the way they do it is, you know, the story beat kind of takes a pause and it goes into the next part of the movie. So it's almost like a good stopping point, you know. Okay, you know, I hear I'm I'm at, I'm at the end of chapter three. You know, I'm at a good stopping point. You know, I think I stopped when I first started watching it one hour and nine minutes in. It was right at the beginning of chapter three, uh, which uh, was very interesting because we, at the very start of chapter three, we were just seeing for the first time one of the characters in the movie. And that's an hour and nine minutes in. That That's how, you know, this movie is a journey. It truly is a journey. And uh, if you go into the movie... Uh, and you complain that wow we're an hour in and we haven't done anything like we haven't really faced anything yet um that doesn't mean that first hour is boring because like there's some things that happened in that first hour that really set up the rest of the story it's just the heroes need to ca- get caught up to speed and we need to get introduced to some of the new characters you know and it and this they each of these characters get time on their own to shine especially cyborg that was awesome. The fact that he actually gets a full story. There's a few scenes I, that, that that would make total sense in here that aren't here. Uh, that, that, that I just think would be funny and cool. Uh, but for the most part, no. Like, this, this was very well done. This was one of those movies where... I'm like, when is this movie going to fucking end? Like, there was a natural ending of the movie... And then it did not stop. Exactly. And then it, it kept was like, going. no, we really want to make sure you understand what we want to do or wanted to do. Right. And that's the thing that's interesting is like Zach doing this is him essentially laying his cock out on the table in the meeting and saying, everyone's seen it now. You can't unsee it. Yeah. Now that you've, you can't unsee it, you, you can't find anything better than this. I'm so glad he got a chance to finish the film the way you wanted and not the way that WB or DC wanted. Because obviously we already saw how that went. I saw not very I, well. I saw somebody post this, and this was very fucking interesting to me. Um, that say what you will about that entire situation, he got the opportunity and, and the money to finish his movie, 
and Disney will never have the balls to do that for Solo. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think, and you know what I think the difference is? DC, and, and I want to, without spoiling it, they definitely were very smart, and this again talking about world building, in dropping a single line of dialogue within the Justice League movie that um, shines a light on why they weren't afraid to do this decision because you do have a multiverse. You do have a world within a world within a world within worlds within millions of worlds. So why not explore and experience them? And you could even say, like, literally, the cartoon worlds exist because there are worlds where Batman is a cartoon because that's how the world exists. That's its makeup, its DNA. And there's other worlds where Batman only looks like fucking Adam West. And, you know, or, or, you know, Flash only looks like uh, John Wesley's ship from 90s mm-hmm. Flash. You know, like, they they have set up, and, of course, obviously also with the Crisis on Infinite Earth story they did with the Arrowverse shit, they have inequivocally set up the ability for them to just weave without worrying about, well, this Joker isn't that Joker, or this guy playing Batman, you know, can only do that you know like we've even seen one person play multiple characters in a single universe i'm looking at you brandon routh being both adam and kingdom come superman so Mm -hmm. anything is fucking possible you guys um before we wrap a bow on this uh portion of the show i would like to go through the scores and reviews from metacritic and rotten tomatoes comparing the theatrical cut to the snyder cut Sure, and I think that it, I don't know if you remember your score, Brando. I think I kind of have a score from the OG ranking of this uh, when we first did Justice League, but I know what I'm scoring it now is what I'm kind of getting at. Um, I don't remember my score for it at all. Uh, I know, as I said, I didn't come out of it disappointed, and I didn't hate it. Um, I I seem to remember the BVS score more, where it was like. I thought it was like a seven, seven five, and then the extended cut kind of bumped it up to like a it's either seven point seven five or an eight, depending on my mood. Maybe it's now an eight in my book now. But uh, no, Metacritic, the theatrical cut from actual reviewers got a forty five. Youch. And from the user score, got a six point two. On Metacritic. The Snyder Cut, the reviewers gave it a 55. 10 point bump. And the user score is 9.0. Wow. A three point jump almost. That's crazy. Switch it on over to Rotten Tomatoes. I'd love to switch it over to Rotten Tomatoes. But I have to get it on the right movie. Happens. Yep. There it is. So, the tomato meter with over 400 reviews for the theatrical cut, 40%. And the the audience score out of over 100,000 plus, 71% from the original theatrical cut. From the Snyder's Justice League, the tomato meter with 209 reviews, 74%. 74%. Damn, that's a jump. The audience score with 25,000 plus, so not quite as many yet. Still the first weekend, guys. 96%. Holy shit, that's amazing. And I Pe- think that is 
Yeah. I think it's indicative of the fact that... The, number one, let me just say that I, I really feel like the people who are coming to watch Snyder's Cut are the people who actively want to watch it, for the most part. Uh, I feel like they're the ones who watched the original, whether they loved it or they hated it. They wanted to see what the original vision was going to be. And overall, just on average, you're going to have your diehard fans who are just going to be like, yay, anyway. But even through like thousands of reviews, you're, 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 you're seeing people walk away a lot happier with this. And that happiness <laughs> is going to lead to more from this universe. There's no way it can't. Mm-hmm. Well, Let me just ask you this right now. Robert Pattinson has his own Batman coming. We mm-hmm. get that. That's cool. That could be its own story, noir Batman. It doesn't have to necessarily intertwine with the bigger picture. Right? I'm excited to see the final product of that. Absolutely. Absolutely the same. But at this point, now that this Justice League has come out, if you go out and try to put Gal Gadot and fucking uh, your uh, fucking Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller next to a different guy pretending to be Batman or try to mesh these people up to make another Justice League down the road, it's going to be met with criticism and backlash because it's not the continuation of this story that has opportunities to continue and manifest even further beyond Zack Snyder's reach. He could do one more Justice League movie that is on the other side of this Flash movie that we're getting, and, you know, we just got Wonder Woman 2, uh, and, you know, the rumor the Green Lantern Corps show is coming out sooner rather than later. He could still conceivably release a second Justice League movie, and instead of doing Justice League 2 and 3, do a long-format Justice League 2 where you tell your full story and finish it up. Maybe that's a possibility. Uh, I, I hope that they would be able to get everybody back because it really seems like Ray Fisher and WB are pretty done. Henry Cavill along, along the same lines with that. He yeah, but seem- I think if it was not WB done, right. HBO Max done. HBO Max with Snyder. Well, And also, uh, we all know at this point, uh, this is a spoiler, but we all know because this was in the trailer, there's a certain person at the in, like in this movie that was not in the original cut of the movie. Um in that he came back to play a character that he had walked away from now and wasn't going to come back and play anymore. You know? Uh, do you know who I'm talking about, T.Y.? Martian Manhunter? No. 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 No, somebody who's already in the DCEU. He was in Suicide away. Squad. Mm-mm. Okay, so you don't know it. Darn. <laughs> I thought this was going to be the easy one. <laughs> Let's just say that this person... Uh, spoke very highly of working with Zach, saying that it was a more collaborative effort than than his prior uh, uh, experience, in that he praised Zach for really knowing the ins and outs of of all these characters, taking the time to understand them. Like, cool, that's awesome. That's that 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 is great to know. Um, after Tyler watches the movie, we'll do it like kind of an epilogue. Discussion to this on a future episode, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, part of me wants Ty to have something recording his reaction during the four hours, just for this, <coughs> just for those certain moments that I think are going to get him. You know, that are just like the fuck yeah moments of the movie. Also, can I mention that? I, I correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't think this is any in any way too much of a spoiler. We didn't see red and blue soups 
in this movie. <laughs> He's not there, which is interesting. And again, more on character building later. But the final, final, final thing I want to say is we also have another version of this movie coming out. Justice is gray. Mm-hmm. It is Zach's real. He What he said is he spent two years filming the movie. And while he was filming and editing the movie, it was all done in black and white. And he learned to love that just the way it looked, the way it felt in black and white and decided that if he ever had a chance to release a black and white edition, he would. Of course, he pitched it to HBO amongst the whole situation with getting the Snyder Cut to be released. And, you know, why not? All you have to do is release it in a black and white format and nothing else changes. Okay. So this movie is also coming out on physical form in May. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, you know, a definite addition to my... DCEU uh, uh, 4K collection that I that, that, you know, I picked up those those four movies and I, and I couldn't have been happier the fact that I got them for under 20 bucks for all four of them but oh yeah you know no um, I, I'm really excited that this is a thing I liked it and uh, Mazel Tov, I guess <laughs> to, to, to Zack Snyder I'm, I'm very excited that he got to tell a story I was going to tell you lastly, I gave this a nine, just as opposed to, I know the old version, I think I want to say I gave Justice League a 7.75 or somewhere in that realm. This movie just amplified. Gut feeling, that's kind of where I was going, right You know, right about there. Um, yeah, no, like, like it takes a little while to get moving. But one, like as we said, but once it does, and, and it gets to those scenes... And of course, some of those scenes are scenes we've seen before. Some of them aren't. Um, man, there's more freaking context here. Uh, Ty, do you remember? Do you remember after they wake a certain Kryptonian up? Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing there, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, that whole scene plays out, and then they're like, man, that sucked, and all of a sudden you see. Oh no, the box. Mm-hmm. And literally, you never get to see Steppenwolf take the box, get the box. Like, can he go in there? That that was that that was just that was all done off camera. That's because that that, that that's a whole story into itself. And for them to include that, that would it, it would be all it would be like just. And if that was in the original cut of the movie, the theatrical cut, it wouldn't make any sense for the rest of the way that they decided to cut the movie. Mm. So it was all instead of filming new stuff, they just didn't. They'd like, oh yeah, he gets the box because they were too busy doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, what do you know? They didn't just leave the fucking box over there and watch him take it. There's hey Ralph. <laughs> hey Ralph, can you watch the box for a little bit? We got some stuff to go do. Hey man, we got a really angry uh, uh a Kryptonian over here. I don't remember who he is. You know, hey. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't let a big scary man come and get this his here box. It's real important. It is really. Uh, you know, I tell you what, this thing could grill a burger in like four point five seconds. This is like the four George, seconds. This is the this is the George Foreman mother box. Haha, <laughs> that's the episode title, George it's, Foreman Mother Box. It's like it's like the Shat Grill, the older. <laughs> Has to be George Foreman Mother Box. You're gonna have to put the George Foreman logo on a mother box. It's done. Oh man. I'm, 
I'm I'm really excited to watch it. Um, Take your time you know, with it, though. I, I, I yeah, I had I had plans to watch it this weekend, and just with work and and uh, kind of how everything shook out, I didn't. I haven't had the time to sit down and dedicate it because what I my plan was. I want to watch it all the way through. I okay. want to sit down. I didn't want. I didn't want a nickel and dime it. I didn't want to do it in an hour at a time. I wanted to sit down and fully experience it because, you know, all the negative shit that happened with the original Justice League. <clears throat> you put all that aside. You know, obviously we're talking about it now, but you know, individually and collectively, the three of us have talked about this movie probably more than we've talked about any other movie, you know, like in network history, Yeah. you know, BVS, uh, man of steel and justice league. We have talked about these movies a lot and, you know, it's a testament to the movies, like how, how important they are to kind of nerd culture as a whole. You know, if, if they weren't important, we wouldn't give a shit, you know, um, now that the the curtain's been ripped back and, and, and we've got to see a lot of the injustices uh that were committed with with the original and 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 you know all that it 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 makes it that more or that much more satisfying to <coughs> see the movie as it was intended and i really just wanted to sit down and watch watch it all the way through um the one thing that that i do want to comment on as far as you know, Snyder doing anything uh, Justice League related going forward. I can't find the article now because, you know, like everything that that we read right before we do the show, I read a pretty substantial article about an hour ago um, or maybe a little bit longer that, you know, Zach was adamant that he's done doing comic book movies. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, you know, he's, he, he has, his vision has, has, has been realized and basically now he wants to do something else. So hopefully that is a little bit of of just like work fatigue and he needs to take a break um, because of, you know, literally everyone I have talked to, even people that I knew going into it, or at least my preconceived notion was that they were going to hate it um, because of how, because of Zack Snyder, you know, um, to my surprise, they enjoyed it. So um, I hope we get more. I hope it, it lives up to the continues to live up to the hype. And uh, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I mean, Snyder's very, very well known for doing long pieces with no dialogue, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that that's not storytelling, but it is. He's telling a story without words. Pay mm -hmm. attention though to the shot choices, to, to everything. It's there. Sometimes. It's a long form. Sometimes it's a long shot. Sometimes mm -hmm. it, you know, you know, it's it's Diana walking through, looking at pictures, you know, and you're like, wow, this is a long fucking scene. But then, like, like there's a reason for it. You, mm -hmm. you know, there there was something that guy said that this film did a lot was just the uh, <coughs> it's heavy use on just like epic slow motion for just epic slow motion. And for in, in some cases, maybe you could say, yeah, it's a little over the top here. This wasn't needed. Uh, case in point, in the theatrical cut, also, it just the Aquaman swigging fucking whiskey with the waves crashing around him. With, with, with the fucking music playing in the background. Was that needed? No. But goddamn, is that not an awesome visual? Oh, it's cool. It's badass. No. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, 
But then also the one thing that I really like is that because we get more time uh, with the characters and you get to see some of that stuff, like the, the whole time slow motion stuff kind of like establishes it, like even Barry's own shit. You actually get ample time to really establish that for when you get a certain scene in the movie, and it's great. Like, like there's a lot more payoff to some stuff here, and that's awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to move on to Falcon Winter Soldier, which I watched last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Got to sit down and watch that finally. And uh, so this is going to be six episodes, like a six-hour movie type deal. Is that, that that's what we're getting out of this, and. Instantly, it feels different from what we got before, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I I am I am hyped for this. This almost feels like a continuation of the Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America two feel, but like uh, we're in the we're in the world building phase of establishing who we're following, where we're going, and and, and all that jazz. Because what what we're getting a chance to do here with both Sam and Bucky. We're getting to dive into the, like their life when they're not out there doing their shit, and we haven't really had a good chance to do that. You know, that's almost the same way where where the Wandavision show puts a spotlight on Wanda and Vision to really help establish their characters even more, and put a uh, you know and put a huge sign on them saying, "Hey, guys, here's why you should really like these characters." That's what we're getting here to, to really humanize these characters and break them down to get to, to spend that screen time with them doing this, you know, uh, as per like the roles that they've had before have always been relegated to being like also with Captain America, who the story is really about, mm-hmm. you know, now they get to be the kind of the, the, the headliners. I love it. Uh, so just in my speedy summation of Falcon and Winter Soldier, lots of character building. I love Falcon's storyline. They're kind of setting up with him and like this, uh, no matter how hard you work, there's always going to be something that gets thrown in your way to try to prevent your successes. And then I also love the PTSD side of Winter Soldier's story where, you know, he's trying to right wrongs, make amends, fix the damage that his altered self caused because he's on the other side of being blipped for five years and came back to essentially watch his friend decide to go off into the sunset. The other guy whose parents he accidentally killed saved the whole fucking world. And he's left with a tremendous amount of grief and not really sure what to do. So um, the way they set this story up, the things they're building with it are interesting. Uh, We get, a surprise cameo from a very familiar face right out the gate. This wasn't like the, the Mark Hamill reveal fucking, you know, uh, Mandalorian type moment. This was more just like, uh, felt right that this character would be in the universe because of fucking course he is. And of course he would be there for this moment. So, um, yeah, I, I really dug the overall first episode of Falcon and winter soldier. I do have one complaint pretty stupid of them to reveal the name of your u.s agent character at least his real character name in the post credits or in not in the post credit scene because there was no scene but literally in the post credits there is a wall in the background that says john walker is captain america and i'm like we haven't even found that out in the fucking show yet why are you Mm -hmm. putting that in the background for someone to just read 
That's poor planning. That's my that was my only complaint. But I I, I really dug it. I I really liked uh, probably my favorite thing about the first episode is how it sets up the tone of the show going forward. Um, you know, Falcon has this upbeat, positive attitude. You know that that that's been cemented in 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 the char- in what we've seen of the character so far uh, in the MCU. But obviously, you know, he talks about in Falcon and Winter Soldier. In Falcon and Winter, or I'm sorry, in Winter Soldier, you know, there's a PTSD element uh, with him as well, and and he introduces that to, to Cap. Um, the 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 tone. I feel like that they've established in this show is very sad. It's it's you know it, it, it takes a little bit of what we you know the the grief that we experienced in WandaVision and uh, from what we saw from uh, Endgame, and it, it amplifies it a little bit because now it's like the people that were blipped are being treated like second class citizens, you know, and, and they. It's not their fault, you know. It's a very real world thing to have happen too. Yeah. It's almost like how immigrants are treated, you know. But instead of it being immigrants, it's people that just, under circumstances, they literally had zero control over, disappeared <laughs> off of Earth for five years. Yeah, the 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 tone, I'm loving it. Um, you know, we had a, a we saw some familiar characters in the opening sequence uh, with. Uh, um, fucking George St. Pierre. Uh, uh, yeah, George's Bat Rock, I think, is his character yeah. name. Uh, obviously, obviously, the action sequences were top notch. Um, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm, 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 you know, here, here's the interesting thing for me. You know, when we with with WandaVision, I talked about so much how I was. I had really low expectations going in and I wasn't excited. And then, you know, it was amazing, like how engrossed in the show that I got with Falcon and the winter soldier. I've been like amped up for this for a long time because Bucky Barnes, the way the winter soldier is arguably one of the best movies in the MCU, just totally storyline, acting, action, character, the whole shebang. We didn't get, you know, seeing him in Wakanda for the first time and then, you know, especially, um, you know, in this first episode, like he brings that up and it's like, that was my moment. And I, I lost that too. And uh, he's such an interesting character. You know, he's the opposite. He's the tails to Captain America's heads. And, you know, Brando and I and Nate and I a lot when we've discussed like, okay, well, who's going to take, who's going to be Captain America because they've done it. They've done it both ways. Um, and now it, it, it turns out that on the surface, it looks like neither one of them is going to be Captain America. So now there's, you know, there's some more plot development. Hydra was name dropped uh, in, in, in that flashback today. So surely that, you know, that's got to be uh, under the surface somewhere you know, pulling the strings in the background. I think it's going to be really interesting. I like that it's a six episode season instead of like eight or nine. <clears throat> Obviously we all want more television. Me personally, I'm to the point where I would rather have, you know, almost a Snyder cut type thing. Um, give me five or six hours of television and then, you know, 
do just do a really good job of storytelling and i don't need you know i don't need 11 seasons of 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 filler mm-hmm. so i'm excited absolutely absolutely that's kind of what i feel too because um WandaVision being a bit shorter in length and some of their episodes helped with that, but that was suited to the story they were telling with how they told the first three episodes of that show mimicking sitcoms and in trailing you along that way. Uh, for this, this was straight up, as you said, almost like right out of the gate. You know, we're, you know, we're, you know, we're hitting the ground running here. And uh, I really liked how they showed not only with the people who are blipped having having issues assimilating back into society, not just because like, oh my gosh, I was gone. My family grew up without me. My brothers, my sisters, my my wife moved on. She remarried, you know, just some, all the other stuff that you could have happen to you in that kind of instance. Um, but it's the simple shit. Trying to get a job, trying to get a loan. And it, I loved how the guy marked out for Falcon, I was trying to get pictures with him, and like you, like he basically told Falcon, "You haven't had income for five years." Well, sh- no shit. <laughs> no, there's a lot of us that haven't. Yeah. Bro. Like, what do you expect? It's like, dude, and they're like, "I, oh, dude, I want to help you, dude. You're a hero. I'm on your side in this, but we can't." It it, it goes to show you that you know, not everybody can be Tony Stark and have all the money, and just be set. Most of, most of the heroes in the MCU are just regular people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they can't afford just regular shit. And they, yet they still have to be, you know, Will Falcon never not put on those wings to go help somebody? No. He's going to do it. Whether whether or not he's got $50 million in the bank or $0.50 cents in the bank, he's going to go do it. Because he knows he can. Right? And he knows that if he has a responsibility to do that, even if it's not something that he really wants to do right now, but there's somebody screaming for help down there with a cat up at the tree, he's going to go do it, you know, because that cat in the tree could, you know, could be life or death for the cat, you know, <laughs> or for like somebody in, you know, a person. But no, I, I really like the, you know, like we, we mentioned for both of them, the slow build for Justice League was a bit different. We didn't spend the first hour diving into Cyborg and Flash and these characters in Aquaman. To, uh, you know, you know, per se, uh, in in this episode, we're diving into their everyday life. You know, before we get into the big, broader picture of the story, because we already know who's going to be in it. We already know U.S. Agent. We already know, uh, you know, Baron uh, Zemo. Right? That has already been confirmed, which is awesome because that means, you know, ever since Civil War, you know, he was, you know locked up but then at some point he got out and he's been out there doing shit so what's his role in all this shit right and man was that not heartbreaking for Bucky um for him to realize what like what happened to like what's his name Yuri Yuri yeah what happened to his boy and the fact that oh man yeah, and that that setup was awesome too. Like you're like, what's going on? Like what's and then you kind of as you as you as that uncovers that seed is uncovered of what you realize happens. You're just like, oh, that's fucked up. But then, I also want to discuss this for a second before I get out of here. Um, my big moment in this episode that was 
Okay, so I don't know about you guys. I'm just going to be super real. When I was watching Endgame, obviously during Endgame, there are several different moments that can break you and make you tear up or feel your feels or whatever. Falcon getting the shield got me. Because I felt more than just a moment of like, oh, cinematics, this is like cool, the passing of the torch. I genuinely felt the cultural shift of like what this means for people of different colors who don't have representation of a superhero of this level. Mm-hmm. And like it got me. So then to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you get the early scene where he gives the shield back. It's the right thing to do. It's not my shield. I told Steve, you know, when he gave this to me, that this felt like someone else's. And, you know, even Rhodey, like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, are, like, uh, is this a decision you really want to make today, bro? And then at the end of the episode, when it's, you know, Sam, you got to watch this. And his sister runs in the room and puts on the TV. And it's the dude who took the shield from the Smithsonian or from from Sam at the Smithsonian gifting it to a white dude. And this like undoing, like I felt the hit of that too, and was just like, like that was almost more emotional because as a as a person, I no matter no matter what your color is, there's nothing worse than being said like, hey, you're given this opportunity, this is yours to have, and then someone to take that opportunity from you, and you have nothing to do with that happening, but someone right. else taking that opportunity from you. So it was just like very, very crushing. And definitely the TY you said this story sounds and feels and, and has that sad vibe. It was there. Definitely. It was definitely there. Cause it was like ultimate racism, like right there in the MCU. Like that's why that, that, that there's, there is, that's going to be the crux of the story. I think it's, it's just as it's such a subtle undertone that, if you don't pick up on it right away, I feel like th- that you would have a little bit different of an opinion, um, you know, because you could you could flip it the other way and say, you know, it's a tone of like hope and perseverance. And, you know, look, look at the Winter Soldier, uh, you know, look at Bucky. He, he look at everything he's gone through and he's trying to rebuild his life. And and it's very positive. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm super interested in to see where they take that theme, um, how they flesh it out, you know, how much deeper can it go? Um, you know, cause obviously you, you got to think about, uh, you know, Sam in, in that moment seeing, you know, Joe blow with the shield and it's like, how, how betrayed and insulted would you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, like how slight, how could you, how could you possibly, slight me anymore how, that how, motherfucker didn't fight thanos i did <laughs> how could you how how could you insult captain america anymore yeah. than yeah. than taking his mantle it's not your it's not your decision who to give it to it was his and he wanted me to have it and i don't feel like i'm good enough so no one should have it and then joe blows like well uh, we gotta have uh, Captain America. You know, it's like it just doesn't feel right, and 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 obviously that's how it's supposed to feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, can I say that uh, that the new Captain America lacks the uh, lacks the chin necessary to be a believable cheekbones? Yeah, it was just. <laughs> I a young Mitch McConnell has been given the reins as Captain actually, America. Actually, it was somebody else. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember his name now. Uh, he was a former Speaker of the House before Pelosi. Uh, um, Paul Ryan? I thought it was Paul Ryan dressed up as Captain America. <laughs> look at a picture of it and tell me it doesn't look like Paul Ryan. Uh, uh, like, <laughs> dude, dude, the helmet, the cowl looked like it was going to fall off his head. I mean, that's the whole point, too, is it's supposed to just be, like, kind of wonky. <sighs> Obviously, this is U.S. agent being brought into the fold. He'll be a bad guy from Sam's perspective, mm-hmm. probably on the hunt for Bucky Barnes in some perspective, and then ultimately turn out to be a good guy when Baron Zemo ultimately shows up because you know he's coming. The trailers have showed us he's coming, so how he all gets tied in into the future of this is yet to be seen. But I'm definitely excited. We're only a few short days already away from Episode 2 and uh, our coverage thereof. But I really enjoyed this episode. I'm on the ride officially. Falcon and Winter Soldiers hooked me. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really excited just to get um you know obviously we've talked about the how how the tone has carried over from from WandaVision but I'm excited just for the change of pace um obviously you know Brandon brought it up we're not uh we're not focusing on the the framework of this is what you have to fit in in the uh you know the guidelines of what a sitcom is uh, this one's obviously a little bit more. Uh, the, the the vibe is obviously different. So mm-hmm. it's like uh, going from sitcom TV to actual reality TV. Yeah, it's not yeah. reality TV. It's more like cinematic reality TV. I vibe that. Hell yeah! But uh, guys, I think we've reached a, a jumping off point today. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to discuss before we roll out? I have a headline, but it's not comic book related. Okay. Just to get your guys' reaction. Sure. Cubs minor leaguer, Jesus Camargo Corrales, charged with possession of 21 pounds of methamphetamine. Goodness. Damn. Minor league mether. My gosh. (laughs) Goodness. He was hoping that the bat would not break, but he broke bad instead. Uh, (laughs) Oh. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Anyways, Jose Pinkman. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Anyways, folks, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. As always, check us out on all the different podcasting platforms, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, many others. Search Journey into Comics Network. Get the shows. Check us out. Subscribe. Go to YouTube. Subscribe there as well. Go on to Game Addicts Podcast. Subscribe to him. Make sure to check out Tyler and whatever in the world he's doing. Big stuff coming soon, I'm sure. Uh, But, folks, I think that's it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics. It's been Journey into Comics 339. George Foreman, Motherbox. I've been Nate. I've been T.Y. I've been Brando. And as always, folks, we're going to tell you to pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.